The Unclaimed Fortune, Chapter 3, Cornered. Tristan and Lincoln stare, their jaws on the floor, as Hilda shows them her antique paintbrush. This brush has a long history. I've forgotten most of it, but it belonged to my great aunt who ended up with it after a museum shut down or something like that. Then it was my mom's, and now it's mine. There's an inscription right here on the brush. It says, bring your passion and color to the dark places. What's that supposed to mean? How should I know? Probably something sentimental. Mind if I take a closer look? Actually, yeah, I do. I still don't know if you're going to turn me in. Ugh, okay. Mind giving us some space, Hilda? Sure, but don't take too long. If I'm going to be imprisoned, I'd like to take care of some things first. So, what do we do? I'm not sure, but we need that brush. I'm not comfortable stealing it from her. What made you think that's what I was suggesting? What kind of person do you think I am? Shh, sorry. So you think we should help her? Any chance we could smooth things over with Venick? Maybe give him something in exchange? That won't cut it. Venick acts friendly, but he holds grudges. Whatever we do, we need to be careful. What if we sneak her and her art off planet and tell Venick the trail went cold? It's a long shot, but I don't see any other choice. What's the plan, guys? I'm on pins and needles over here. You're coming with us. We'll help you secure passage off Venus for yourself and your art in exchange for that brush. But we need to keep it quiet. We'll tell your boss we lost the thief's trail. Deal. So, if I'm not your prisoner anymore, would you mind putting the guns away? <laughs> Sorry, I forgot I had it out. Hilda leads Lincoln and Tristan back through the industrial complex to the landing zone. Hilda pushes a levitating cart held up by electromagnets, which supports a dozen large boxes. Which shuttle brought you down? Hello again. I've been looking for you. Startled, the trio turn and see the tour guide Barb striding across the landing zone. Oh, hey, Barb. Say, would you be able to help us hitch a ride back up to the space station? I could. Did you already finish your investigation? We've hit a snag. We need to regroup with our crew and come up with a new plan. Why waste the time and expense of a shuttle ride to and from space? We have state-of-the-art long-distance communicators all over the factory. In fact, we've had rooms prepared for you. Each room is equipped with a communicator that would be more than sufficient to contact your ship. That's okay. We prefer to discuss our work in person. Mm-hmm. I see. And what's all of this? Did you find some Venusian souvenirs? These boxes? No, no. They're just, um, they're... These two agreed to help me deliver some prototypes to the head of engineering. His office is on the space station. Right. Well, you seem determined to go. Wait here. I'll go hail a shuttle for you. Barb strides to one of the nearby console terminals where she swipes a keycard and begins speaking into a microphone that extends toward her face. Something doesn't feel right about this. You think she's on to us? Yeah, guys, we're screwed. 
Okay, think. We need to do something, and fast. I have an idea. Lincoln trots toward Barb and gets her attention. Barb! Hey, we changed our mind. Going to and from the space station again today feels like overkill. Besides, we're tired. Would you mind showing us to our rooms? Are you sure? I've nearly finished securing your passage back to the space station. Definitely. We'll make our calls from the room and get settled in. Oh, and what about that worker's prototype delivery? Oh, uh, we realized it's not our problem. She could go through the proper protocols. We do love our protocols. Lincoln hurries ahead of Barb to get a couple more seconds alone with Hilda and Tristan. She's taking us to our rooms. Hilda, wait here. We'll be back soon. Ready to go? Ready. Sorry, ma'am, but you'll have to go through the proper channels to get your prototypes to space. Ugh, this is why nobody likes tourists. Barb leads Lincoln and Tristan through a series of catwalks, domes, and airlocks until they come to a dome that is at least as large as the one that held Hilda's apartment. As they exit the elevator on their room's floor, Lincoln leans close to Tristan. We need her key card. Follow my lead. I hope you know what you're doing. Here you are, rooms 1232 and 1233. If you need me, just press 9 on the communicator. I hope you have a restful evening. Wait, Barb. This communicator looks like one of those expensive ones. I've never used one before. Would you mind showing me how it works? Um, it works like a normal terminal, but you won't be able to feel the keys that you're pressing. Hologram keypads take some getting used to, but I'm sure you'll figure it out. As soon as Barb turns to leave, Lincoln reaches toward the keycard, which is hanging on her belt. He nearly has the keycard unlatched when she looks over her shoulder and realizes what is happening. What are you doing? Security! Shh. Take it easy. We just need your help with the communicator. I am really bad with technology. Oh god, oh god, oh god. Sure, I'll give you a hand. Lincoln finds a length of wires at the bottom of a closet. He uses them to bind Barb's hands behind her back, tying her to the bathroom sink. Tristan keeps her weapon trained on Barb. I don't have anything on me that's valuable. Please, you've got the wrong person. We're not gonna hurt you. We just need... this. Why do you want my keycard? I was already going to call you a shuttle! Sorry about this. We just need to leave quickly, without Venick knowing. Ugh! I'm sick of this job! Venick works with the worst kind of people. I don't suppose you mind keeping this between us. I hope you fall in the lava. Meanwhile, aboard the Brazen Beetle, which is docked to the Venick Industries space station... River to Beetle. Keith, do you read me? That's weird. I'm here. Go ahead, River. We need to go in a hurry. Get the ship ready to leave. We need you to pick us up as soon as possible. Carrie and Forky are still on the space station, gathering the materials we need to fix the ship. She's barely started the repairs. It doesn't matter! Get Carrie and Forky back aboard. Tell her to make sure the ship can fly without falling apart. We're opening the shields in 20 minutes. 
Roger that, Captain. We'll make it happen. Carrie, you there? Hey, Mr. Pilot Man. We have a problem. We need you and Forky aboard as soon as possible. Okie dokie. No problemo. Hey, fixer guy. Yeah, you. We need to take a break. Yeah, I know we're not done loading the ship. Yeah, I know, but I don't make the rules. Oh, shoot. I left this thing on. <laughs> Sorry, Keith. See you soon. Oh, I'm sick of these emergency pickups. Hey, CJ. What can I do for you? What's our status? Is the ship ready to fly? Though the brazen beetle status is far from ideal, we are spaceworthy. We'd better be. Because we're going to have company. What? At least half of the Red Beam pirate fleet is approaching Venus. They'll be at the space station in 10 minutes. How is that possible? Weren't you scanning for them? I don't know how they got here so fast. The last reports I found of the pirates showed them on Earth. All right then, we need to get out of here in a hurry. River, you need to hurry up down there. The red beans found us. This just keeps getting better. Okay, Keith, we're hurrying. We'll have that shield down soon. We need to run again, don't we? Yep, come on. The duo button up their atmospheric suits and run the rest of the way to the landing zone, drawing several confused looks from workers. They make it to the landing zone without issue. Hilda is still there, pretending to inspect the crates that are full of her artwork. Took you guys long enough? We need to get out of here. Fast. We have company. You mean... them? Hilda points toward the nearest dome, where a dozen armed security guards march toward the landing zone. Barb is at their head. The tour guide has already seen them. There they are! Oh, come on! Get down! Tristan pulls Lincoln and Hilda behind the crates full of Hilda's artwork. The security guards return fire. What are you doing? They're going to destroy my art! Sorry, I didn't think that through. Lincoln, get your gun out. You don't need to hit anyone. Just try to keep them at bay. Uh, here it goes. Lincoln takes aim with his rail pistol. He aims at the security guards, and then aims below them. He fires. catwalk explodes, obliterating the path between Lincoln and the guards. Dang, this thing packs a punch. Come on, help me get my art out of here. The trio pull the levitating cart further away from the guards, trying to get out of range. When they make it to the nearest terminal, Hilda swipes the keycard and enters some codes. Directly above them, the magnetic shields open slightly. River to Beetle, the shields are down. Get down here. Beetle to River. Coming in hot, we've got a tail. Can you shake him? Negative, it's a pirate fighter. Keith, bring the beetle to the landing pad. I have an idea. We'll be sitting ducks in there. Give me some t Get down here, Keith. We don't have time. Always knew I'd die young. As the trio hide behind the boxes from the security guard's fire, they watch the brazen beetle zoom through the magnetic shield's opening at high speed, a small fighter following close behind. Keith, buzz the landing platform! Hang on, everyone! Woohoo!
The beetle careens toward the landing platform, but pulls up at the last second, flying right over the group. For the moment, the security guards stop shooting as they stare in amazement at the aerial stunt. The pirate fighter zooms toward the landing pad at spectacular speed. Lincoln takes aim with his rail pistol. Lincoln's shot connects, destroying the fighter in a shower of metal and fire. The remains splash into the lava of Venus's surface. Keith promptly brings the beetle around, settling its bulky frame on the landing pad. That was insane! Lincoln, Tristan, and Hilda waste no time boarding the beetle. Keith fires the engines, and the freighter lurches toward space. It takes only a couple minutes for the beetle to pass through the magnetic shields and exit Venus's atmosphere. Wow, I can't believe we made it. We're not out of this yet. Lincoln, you know the drill. Get to your starboard gun room. Aye, aye, Captain. Captain, we need you at the bridge. Don't bother manning the guns. That doesn't sound good. Tristan leads the way, through the Beatles' hangar, its common living area, past the individual rooms, to the ship's bridge. As soon as they enter through the trap door, they see the viewport is full of pirate spacecraft. A silvery shimmer around the beetle indicates that they are caught in a tractor beam. The beetle is drifting toward the belly of a space cruiser that is at least 1,000 feet long. Three more large craft are visible, two cruisers and a frigate. Four fighters have surrounded the beetle, and another ten fly patterns around the larger ships. I should have stayed on Venus. This wasn't supposed to happen. How did they catch us? I found no mention of the pirates' fleet movements on the net, Captain. They didn't show up on the scopes until they were in Venus's orbit. I believe they were blocking me. I'm sorry, guys. If we get out of this, I'm definitely recalibrating our equipment. It's not anybody's fault. Our luck ran out. Why are they bringing us in? Why not just shoot us down? I don't know, but it's possible they mean to use us. We need to be careful. If our usefulness runs out, that will be the end of the road. They might just want the box for my grandfather's research. Tristan, is there anywhere I could hide it? Come with me. Hurry. The beetle is dragged into the belly of the beast. The cruiser's name, the Golden Gangplank, is embossed in gold lettering along its side. The crew of the beetle gather in the hangar, keeping their hands up in a sign of surrender. The door opens a minute later, and a dozen red beam pirates storm into the hangar, armed to the teeth. Two pirates, positioned in front, even hold personal magnetic shields, which emit small, round fields of energy that extend from bracers around their arms. The pirate strike force is followed by a familiar figure, wearing a fine suit and sporting a bowl cut. Venic? What's the meaning of this? River, river, river. We had a deal, and you went back on it. There's been a mistake, Troy. When we learned the red beams are here, we tried to get off Venus as quickly as possible. Sure, sure. Look, River, you played it as best as you could. But in the end, you couldn't beat me. You should have known better. Barb told me how you so rudely treated her. So? You call a bunch of pirates for help? There's no way you had time to call them after Barb contacted you. You've been working with Red Beams all along. What can I say? 
They might be unsavory and smelly, but they pay well. Hey. What? You do? Mmm. Bring them aboard. The crew of the Brazen Beetle, now prisoners of the Red Beam Pirates, are brought into a hangar the size of a small spaceport. They are promptly frisked, but their weapons and communicators were stowed on the ship. One pirate finds something on Hilda and holds it up for all to see, her paintbrush. Well, 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 what do we have here? <laughs> That's mine! Give it back! Not a chance, Miss Artsy Fartsy. The captain has a thing for knickknacks. They come to a large communications station, about 20 meters from where the beetle landed. Venix stands to one side, apparently content with letting the pirates handle their business. A massive screen illuminates, revealing a face with a bushy, reddish-brown beard and topped with a broad black hat with a red stripe cutting across it. Ah, there you are. Welcome aboard. You there. You must be the... Little West. Hey, pirate guy. It's Lincoln West. I'm not sure little is accurate. I did not mean to insult you, Mr. West. Perhaps Chunky West is more accurate? Real mature, dude. Captain, we found this on one of the prisoners. It looks like an art stick. It's called a paintbrush, you imbecile. Say, what is the inscription on the side? It says M. De. Deckert, Captain. <laughs> I don't believe it. You found one of the Deckert family mementos and you brought it to me. Uh, you're welcome? You guard that paintbrush with your life. You've earned yourself a reward, pirate. Yay. But, Captain, what are we going to do with these prisoners? Lock them up. Most of them. And bring the ships to the rendezvous point. Most of them? Yes. There's no reason to carry around so much... baggage. Bring Chunky West and that one who had the paintbrush to me. Keep the engineer, too. It's hard to find good technical people these days. Put the pilot and Jeremy's little sidekick back on their ship and send them packing. Hey, man. I barely know these people. Can I go, too? Not a chance. You know something, and you're going to tell me what it is. The pirates hurry to their tasks. They lead Tristan and Keith back to the beetle. Lincoln and Tristan's eyes meet, silently wishing each other good luck. The beetle's engines begin to rev a minute later. Three pirate fighters and two anti-aircraft batteries follow the freighter, ensuring Tristan and Keith don't try any funny business. As soon as the beetle launches into space, Johnny Redbeam issues a command. Engage tractor beam. <laughs> Aye, Captain. What are you doing? You said you'd let them go. I did not. I just said I didn't want to keep them. Crew, fire on that ship. Blow it to bits. No! Stop! Lincoln is about to rush the nearest pirate, but two more pin his arms behind his back. A third punches him in the gut. You'll have to do better than that, West. Crew, why haven't you shot down that ship yet? Captain! Something's wrong with the tractor beam! We can't hold their ship steady! Don't let them get away! Fire with everything we have! 
The beetle, for the moment held in place by the tractor beam, rocks once, twice, and then zooms away, just as everything the pirate ship fired collides where the beetle had been a moment ago. The resulting explosion creates a bright flash of light, blinding the pirates for a few precious moments. This gives the beetle the cover it needs to escape. What happened? Did we hit them? Captain, the, uh, the brazen beetle escaped. Something happened with the tractor beam and- I'm tired of excuses. Tell our fighters to give chase and send a cruiser. I want that ship turned to scrap by the end of today. The screen goes black as Johnny Redbeam ends the call. Lincoln, Carrie, and Hilda are thrown in dungeon-like cells, deep in the belly of the golden gangplank. Meanwhile, a silent helper backs away from the remote tractor beam override, their conscience clear after finally building enough courage to do the right thing. The Unclaimed Fortune, Chapter 3 Cornered, starring Scotty Stiefel as Lincoln West, Danielle Van Skyke as Tristan River, Kelly Stoll as Carrie, Nathan Van Skyke as Keith, Kaylee Stiefel as CJ, Nolan Henslick as Troy Venick, Taylor Henslick as Hilda Pinger, Brooke Crowley as Barb, Trevor Glenn as Johnny Redbeam, Dragon Crowley as The Pirates, written and narrated by Jake Stoll. Thank you for listening to What Next Podcast. We hope you're enjoying the show. The choice this time is, while in captivity, should Lincoln, Hilda, and Carrie try to investigate who saved their friends' lives by shutting off the tractor beam? Or should they try to steal back the memento? Submit your votes on Instagram at whatnextpodcast or email us at whatnextpod at gmail.com. If you're interested in supporting the show, please rate and review us. To check out my other books and read some free short stories, head to jakestoll.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Hey, hi everybody! Hey, buddy! Say it right there to the microphone. Hi, buddy! Hi, everybody! Hi, everybody! Say thank you for listening. Say I'm Batman. I'm Batman.